to the Green Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Yulia Chutina, Managing Editor at Tearsheet. This is our last episode before the holidays, so I'd like to take this time to wish you a restful holiday season. I'm excited to return next year with fresh energy and content. We've covered many areas in this podcast over this past year, apart from one very crucial sector in banking and finance, and that is payments. In our journey of reducing our carbon footprint, it turns out that it's not only what we buy that can make the difference, how we pay for things can play a part too. According to a study, using alternative payment methods like ACH can help consumers lower their carbon footprint by generating zero carbon emissions. This comes in comparison to credit cards, which in 2021 generated an amount of CO2 so high it was the equivalent of driving a diesel car around the earth around 43,000 times. Considering that consumers are actively looking for more ways to reduce their environmental impact, how should we think about payments? How can the sector decarbonize and what impact can that have? To help us answer these questions, I've invited Ben Knight, Head of Environmental Sustainability at GoCarless, a direct bank payment solutions company. Ben's diverse experience, paired with his passion for sustainability and the fact that he's just a great person to talk to, resulted in a really fun conversation. So let's jump right in. Hi, Ben. Thank you for joining us today on the Green Finance Podcast. We're going to be talking about a less talked about area when it comes to emissions generated by the financial system, and that is payments. But before we get into that, could you share with us a little bit about your background and how you ended up working in sustainability? Yeah, of course. And thanks for inviting me on. It's great to great to talk with you, talk with you on, on the podcast. So um, yeah, I guess my my journey into sustainability probably wasn't the the usual path um i i, I guess so my you know I, I studied when i was at college i was into things like uh music production and sound engineering but i also was into astrophysics uh, and philosophy and things like that um but then i ended up working um after university i ended up working in construction uh, and real estate which is I guess kind of when I first got into a bit of um, awareness around environmental practices and, and management so sort of things like where materials are coming from and um, and, and the impact of, of waste and, and all those sorts of things um, but then I, I then ended up in um, the, the space sector which uh, which was kind of a, an interesting jump I guess uh, so I worked for a company called OneWeb which kind of like the uk equivalent i guess of uh, spacex so um launching a constellation of satellites to to provide broadband uh, across the planet so that's why i really first started getting into uh into sustainability there so i was sort of measuring the the, the carbon emissions from you know, rocket launches to the embedded carbon in satellites and where the materials are coming from and, and things like that and that was absolutely fascinating because there wasn't really much um there wasn't any background work done in that previously no one had measured the emissions from a rocket and what i actually had to do was go to the 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 rocket manufacturer that i know this sounds kind of a bit crazy um get the the the, uh, the data sheets and the user manual for a rocket uh, and work out how much kerosene and, and fuel was being used in them and work the emissions out from them so uh so that was a really really interesting 
uh, sort of you know time. But then, uh, but then l- last year I then moved across to to Go Cardis. Um, so I guess for listeners who don't know, so Go Cardis are a fintech uh, and, a, and a payment provider. We've got around eighty thousand customers globally. We move about thirty billion dollars uh, each year. And I think for me the real the real draw of coming across to Go Cardis was um, I guess I was I I did a lot of reading and actually I studied a, a, a green finance uh, a green and sustainable finance course so I had to look around at the book behind me um, what the course is called but and that that really sort of made me get in, interested in the impact of the finance sector and I, I guess that that two pronged approach of green finance and finance and green which probably most people have, have heard the phrase now and uh, me I thought the real potential impact of doing good via GoCardless as a fintech platform was was massively impactful, whether that's sort of working with our AC thousand customers to help them on their own path to sustainability or potentially using the product to to create a positive impact on, on climate or, or nature or, or communities as well. Awesome. And that's really quite the jump from uh, from the space industry to, I guess, the payments <laughs> industry. Uh, and just in terms of also of understanding, and, and that's perfect because that's what we're trying to understand today as well. Like, Because we generally have the impression that emissions only come from tangible sources. So like heavy, indus- heavy industry, like cars or planes or um, you know construction, but there's so much to uncover about financial services as well. And that includes money movement. Um, so then could you explain to us like what does a typical payment process look like now and what are the implications of each step what have you discovered here i think is a, a really good point that you make there actually because for a lot of people we i guess people can generally understand now if, if a car goes past or a, a plane goes overhead or, or they see a rocket launch for example you can you can kind of visibly see the the emissions from that and it's quite easy to understand whereas i think the digital sector the tech sector um it, it's probably a bit more, I guess, ethereal and, and abstract because it's, you, we talk about the cloud a lot and things like that. And so it's, it's almost sort of, you're, you're putting your impact in the cloud. So you kind of, it's a bit detached and you can't really comprehend. But I think probably the, the really important point on this is actually the tech sector as a whole now creates more emissions than aviation. Um, and that's essentially a lot in, in a lot of parts through through energy use. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're using a cloud hosting provider or all the way through to, you know, building a website and you know, people accessing your website, everything uses energy and depending how energy is created that, that generates emissions. Um, and I think specifically on, on payments, um, it was interesting for me, obviously coming from the you know, rockets and satellites, which was pretty much all physical stuff, uh, to moving into payments, which was, pretty much all all digital uh stuff that was a really interesting uh sort of switch for me um but so so something that we actually looked at was what how do we measure the the impact of of our payments because as part of our our overall reporting um we have to report on on our product so how our how our customers are using our product is part of our own emissions so if our if one of our merchants accesses our um, sort of customer hub, then the energy they're using to do so we is part of our emissions. Uh, but also in the same way that our our main thing is moving money from A to B, 
we we wanted to report on what is the associated emissions of that because that essentially is our that's our product so if you're bmw your your product is the car and the emissions that come from that or if you're uh apple which your iphones your computers and for us is that that movement of money from a to b um and and although the the energy associated with that is not huge it's really important for us to get an understanding of what that looks like. Um, I guess we had one of the old adages is that you can't reduce what you don't measure in the first place. So, so we, we started off looking at this um, in quite, uh, I guess, quite broad terms. Um, one of the analogies that I use for carbon accounting or environmental sort of measurements is, is kind of a bit like sculpting. You start off with the rough outline and you chisel it over time and improve and improve and improve. Um, so <clears throat> until we can actually get, actual data on how how much data is involved in a payment we just had to make an assumption of what the sort of the, the rough size of a payment was so we just assumed that it would be the same size as an email because we thought well an email is generally i think if i remember rightly around 75 um kilobytes so we sort of assumed okay let's let's assume a payment is also the same um and then basically we then worked out if we're processing say 138 billion of these payments each year what energy does it take to move that amount of data and then once we could work out the energy involved in that then we could then we could pretty accurately then calculate the emissions from that because we know what you know, countries that those transactions are taking place in and things like that so that was the first sort of i guess stab at it we've actually now improved on that this year so we we worked with um pay uk who gave some really good data uh where they actually measured the the actual kilobytes of a uh, a direct debit payment and an open banking payment um so then we can actually improve on that so actually that's what we're going to be using our reporting this year so that was that's really really fascinating so we've actually got detailed measurements now on each different type of payment um and i think also the interesting thing for us was was on the efficiencies so we are obviously in most parts still an account to account um payment provider so we take money from one place and we move it via ourselves to another so essentially it's a, a two-step process which is pretty pretty efficient um whereas other payment uh processes tend to have more steps involved there's more intermediaries and, and things like that and so that's something that we looked at you know what's the difference um you know between say an account to account payment like ourselves and and say a card payment and it worked out as about 75 percent uh, efficiency um, just basically because there's less steps involved it's like if you're if I was going to drive from where I am in in Guildford to Glasgow and I went in a straight line or I went via Cardiff via Liverpool via Manchester up to Glasgow it takes longer and you use more energy and creates more emissions if that makes any sense at all that makes a lot of sense <laughs> that does make a lot of sense and I really love your metaphor about the the sculpting and the chiseling and that's where I feel a lot of folks get stuck because you know we've never they've never done this before yeah. and there it feels like a mountain to climb and you want to get it you know right but nobody can get it right the first time because we're just starting out on this process so you have to use a lot of like proxies or averages or you know kind of uh just assumptions at the beginning and then you start working uh and involving all those details and like more granularity when it comes to the data and that's where i wanted to touch upon with go carlos because you guys so you measure emissions across all the three scopes 
Uh, and so can you give us a little bit more details on what that process is like? And especially when it comes to scope two and three, because I feel like that's where um, a lot of companies struggle with the most. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, and I, I think you're right. I think a lot of businesses that I speak to, they generally, they, they get a little bit um, worried or, or don't really know where to start on um, you know, sort of measuring their emissions. And I think, I mean, I, I, I highly advocate that measuring is probably the most important step because you, you can't reduce, you can't, you can't see where those areas of, of action or, or the opportunities as well. That's, that's, that's the really important part, unless you understand your full business um, you know, impacts because you might just assume, Oh, Hey, our emissions are just here, but they could actually be, you know, completely elsewhere. And I, I guess for context for ourselves now, so scope three, so our indirect emissions now make up 99.99% recurring uh, of our emissions so our direct emissions so our scope one and our scope two are, are pretty much reduced down to zero now and that's that's by um sort of working on with renewable energy or um we also worked on a pilot project with uh, one of our customers called big clean switch who are a really good sort of renewable energy uh switching service um, and they do a lot more than that as well we, we we work with them to basically procure renewable energy uh for areas where we don't have control so if we've got a we work office and things like that so that's great so our scope one and two um we reduced as quickly as possible because obviously that's our, our direct emissions but in terms of measuring the scope one and two that's relatively straightforward for most companies because you'll have generally have energy bills and things like that which you can take that data from uh and that's generally your energy use whereas scope three is it, it can be uh a little bit more tricky so so for us, the the I mean, we we completely measure everything in our scope three. There's there's no there's nothing that we miss. Uh, so that's everything from business travel. So on business travel, we get data from our travel provider. Uh, they tell us who's travelled where, who's stayed in what hotel, uh, who's taken what flight or what train, uh, and things like that. And that's that's really important. We get monthly data on that so that we can track that uh, and make sure that we're we're essentially. On, on track to our, our net zero, our science-based targets on that front. Uh, we've also got uh, home working, which is actually a really, really big one for us. So I guess a lot of people post-COVID took the view that uh, the, the, the switch to working from home would be good for reducing emissions because people aren't traveling uh, into offices as much. But I guess the context there for us that our, our commuting emissions are probably between 20 and 50 tons depending on which year I'm, I'm thinking about but but our home working emissions are close to a thousand tons so um and that's generally because in the uk and uh, and europe a lot of us are using gas boilers in in probably quite leaky homes and things like that so uh that that was one for us which was a real one to make sure that we we're measuring accurately and i guess going to your point on again improving those measurements last year we did a sustainability survey where we ask our our employees to to let us know sort of how many days they work at home uh, and uh, and how they get to the office and things like that. This year we improved on that. So we, we really focused on asking questions like, uh, how do you heat your home? Because uh, that's really important. If they're using gas or electricity, uh, then the emissions associated with that are, are different. But then also it actually presented us with the first sort of real big opportunity to reduce our emissions uh, rapidly so so what we've done this year actually for everyone that's got a gas boiler we've given the ability to opt in for a, an electric radiator for their their home working 
environment. So that basically means that not only are we reducing our emissions and potentially we're looking at about 75% reduction in emissions from home working, but also it helps our employees to save on their energy costs as well. So we've get, we get a nice um, you know, environmental benefit, but also our employees are going to be a lot happier as well, which is, which is really good. Um, other areas of scope three that we look at, I think I mentioned our products. So we, we completely measure the, the energy use um, when our customers are accessing our platforms, our, our payments, uh, even when people are visiting our website, we measure that completely. And then we work out the emissions from that, um, even down to the waste in our office, because although that might not seem like a, a massive part of that, we, we, we achieved a really good reduction there because we originally had food waste going to landfill. Uh, and if the issue with food waste going to landfill is that it turns to methane, which is typically a lot heavier than carbon dioxide. So um, to reduce that, we, we um, put in some food waste uh, collection points, and now that gets taken away and turned to energy instead. So um, even on sort of those smaller areas, there's still opportunities to to reduce those emissions really, really quickly, um, which is great. Uh, and, and other areas of scope three. So I guess just I'll, I'll recap on that. So that was uh, business travel, that was homeworking, that was product. Uh, there's some other sort of more niche areas, things like your investments, which is anything from uh, if you've got some, uh, you know, companies that you invest in, but also um, insurance and pension and things like that for your for your employees. Um, and I, I think if I I think I've gone through all of that actually. That's so interesting. So this, so as a payment processor or as a payments company, do, do any of like, do you have to include in scope three, anything related to what the customer is doing? So, cause in, in financial services, or at least for banks or financial institutions that goes into their scope three. So what their lending operations enable, mm-hmm. what their investment operations enable, is there something along these lines with payments and what payments are enabling? Yeah, that's really good because I think so. Um, so for for financial, so if we were a lender, for example, like a mortgage provider or, or something like that, or, or a bank, then I, we would, we would have to report on um, finance emissions. So if we lend money to someone, what does that money then then do? Um, which I think is is a really a really big part of you know, greenhouse gas reporting for for the financial sector um but in terms of ourselves as a payments provider because we are we're not lending money to anyone or anything like that our what we report on as our product is that that movement of the money so the energy associated to that but then also the energy that our customers use to use our product if that makes sense so if if you're one of our our customers and you're logging onto our platform to, to 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 check your account or process something then um because we can actually see how long uh, or how often our customers are, are accessing all of our platforms, we can take that time and then we can then basically then uh, multiply that time by energy, which then gives us a kilowatt hour uh, amount. And then from that, we can then accurately measure the emissions related to our customers using our platform. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks for thanks for clearing that up. Um, it's quite a specific one, I'm afraid. You, <laughs> we're very specific on this podcast. <laughs> we like to be specific because, because uh, yeah, it's 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 valuable information. You know, it's it's about understanding like how for me as well. Payments is such a 
it's 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 such a it's such a beast of an industry and it's so complex it's not my core coverage area so that's why i'm still like i don't really know how this works exactly i just (laughs) want to make sure i understand yeah um but yeah that made a lot of sense i i think to i think to your point though of because interesting for us um one of our big other parts of this is really collaborating both with our employees so that that's really important that um yeah whether we're talking about homeworking missions or things like that but making sure that um we're helping our employees wherever we can um that's a really key part of it but also working with our suppliers and our customers because if for example we can help our customers start on their own sustainability journey and you know if they move to renewable energy for example then that actually then decreases our emissions over time as well and, and it's the same with our supply chain so our, our supply chain makes up the majority now of our scope three uh, and that's everything from our, our cloud hosting um, through to our financial services to SaaS platforms, marketing, advertising, insurance, all of that that stuff that we have to purchase, um, whether that's goods or services, to do what we do. That makes up the majority of our, our scope three now. And uh, so, so we've spent a lot of time this year really engaging with our supply chain. Um, and we're not we're not big enough that we can go out to people and, and to us, we didn't really want to go to other companies and say, hey, we're doing this, this is our targets. And um, if you want to continue being our supplier, you have to do X, Y, Z, because I think my my view on that is that's not very, it's not very helpful, uh, especially when a lot of our, our supply chain are actually SMEs or startups themselves as well. So um, we've been quite collaborative. So we went to our top 100 suppliers. We said, have you got any data on, on your missions or your strategies, whether that's sustainability, ESG, CSR, diversity, inclusion, all, all of the, the stuff that it would be great to know about. Um, but then if they came back to us and said, sorry, we we haven't got any data, but we would love to, then we've been providing them with uh, sort of free tools and resources. So we built a, a free greenhouse gas calculator, which does full scope one, two, and three. So if you've got any listeners that want to you know, estimate what that scope three is, they can use our free uh tool they don't even have to sign up with an email you can literally just go on there and, and play around with it um i think we've had over a thousand businesses use that actually already which is which is phenomenal um but that's really important because for me that the idea of collaboration um across sort of supply chain and customers is really important because we're all ultimately interconnected with each other as as you know, supply chains and economies and we have to work together to get where we need to go and there's for me, there's no point sort of me hiding everything we've been working on going, no, you can't do this. You know, um, you, it's, it's about sharing and a phrase that I use a lot is democratizing sustainability and, and trying to help other businesses do what we're trying to achieve as well. Totally, totally. It's about collaboration. It's uh, an education and working together and um, just you know, and being aware that a lot of folks, you know, they're, they they just need help doing it. It's not bad intentions. It's just mm-hmm. the it's just processes that have been stuck over time and variables that have never been taken into consideration before. So uh, yeah. it's not nothing to say. But like the people working at that company might be like the best people ever. Um, but you know, there is just the way things were set up. So it doesn't mean that they don't want to change and it doesn't mean that they can't change. So that's why it's really important to like, keep that collaboration aspect really, really engaged to draw more people yeah. in rather than, you know, pointing fingers and setting deadlines and, you know, kind of alienating folks that are, you know, that feel like there's too much pressure or they just can't deliver in time. Yeah. And, and I think the interesting 
they, I, I, I remember speaking to, I think it was the British Chamber of Commerce last year at COP26, and, and they said so like 90% of SMEs uh, don't even measure their measure their emissions because they, they don't have the time or resources to do it, which I guess, you know, if you're a one or two person business or a, I don't know, a local plumber or a local ballet school, you, you've probably never even thought about it or, or, or don't have the time and resources to do it. And I think for me, that's a really, again, that's one of the draws for me for coming to GoCardo set. If we've got 80,000 businesses that we can potentially then help and give them the tools to get started, then the potential impact of that is, is massive. And, and, and to your point, it all, all comes back to that that collaboration and, and working together because ultimately we're, we, we've got to reach what's known as peak emissions by 2025. And so we all need to work together. There's no, there's no time to, to, to work in silos really. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that 2025 deadline. I'm not getting my hopes up, uh, but you know, step-by-step step, we're all doing what we can. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully this fight will accelerate and we'll yeah. get there. We'll, we'll meet those milestones. But uh, until then, thank you so much, Ben, for joining us on the podcast today. It was super insightful. I learned a lot, like really, uh, about how payments world and the, the emissions. So it was really, really great. Um, so thank you. And I hope to have you here again. Great stuff. No worries. L lovely to speak to you. And thanks for your time. To read the transcript of our conversation, head over to tearsheet.co. If you want to know more about the intersection of finance and sustainability, you can subscribe to our free green finance newsletter in your inbox every other week to get more insights and research into this topic. That's also where I'll be featuring every new green finance podcast episode. So sign up to stay up to date with all of our content. Thank you for listening and make sure you subscribe to the green finance podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. We'll be out with a new episode every two weeks. So I'll see you at the next one.